Amen. 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 With the horns now. Amen. With the rhythm now. Amen. Last night, um, my wife was shopping for curtains online, and so I was looking at ESPN on, on my phone, and I was watching videos, maybe you've seen some of these, of um, college uh, football programs and coaches telling walk-on players that they just got a scholarship. Okay. So a walk-on, if you don't know, some, some uh, athletes come to college on a scholarship, an athletic scholarship. Some just walk onto the team and basically play for free for the love of the game. And they work really, really hard. And some of the hardest working players at the end of like summer camp will be rewarded uh, with a scholarship. And th- these things are like promposals now. You know, like they're the super, um, which is what we used to call engagements back in my day. But... Um, uh, <coughs> And uh, it was this, there, was, there was one from App State. I can't remember the player's name. It's usually kind of like a low-level player that doesn't seem very important to the team that's worked hard. And uh, they'll kind of pretend like nothing's going on, and then they'll say those three fateful words, like, you're on scholarship, and then, like, the whole team goes bananas, and everyone jumps on them, and it's crazy. And it's amazing. I was watching and thinking how much those words, you're on scholarship, just change a person's life, right? Just to think, I'm now part of the scholarship athletes on this team. They're paying for me to go to school to play football. It's transformative, and I know for a fact that words have had power like that in your life, right? Um, there are probably words that have shaped you for, for good or for ill. There are words that, that, have, that have shaped who you are. Um, I'll be vulnerable here. Does anybody, does anybody have a, a word that comes to mind or something that someone has said that you feel like has shaped your life? Will someone be brave enough to throw, their, throw it out there? I forgive you. Wow. See, that's a core question as human beings. We're like, when I'm bad, what does that mean for me in this relationship? When someone says, I forgive you, it restores, right? That's a beautiful thing. Alex Curry? Throw it out there. Everybody, Alex Curry. (laughs) Words have the power to shape us and change us, right? Someone who, when you speak words and they actually hear what you're saying and you know they're listening to you, that's powerful, right? That brings healing to you. Um, but words can also damage us. Words can trigger us, right? Even this notion that there are trigger words shows how powerful words can be to evoke something in you and to change your life. And of course, as you guys know, a good conversation, like you ever had a conversation like where you're out with a friend or a boyfriend, girlfriend, something like that, or, or a family member, and you're at a restaurant and then like you're just talking and then you realize like someone's mopping, you know, next to you. Right, Because the conversation was so deep and beautiful that it transported you away and the, the restaurant is now closed. Um, it, ha- it's, it, it happens sometimes when I'm with my wife. We go out and it's a beautiful thing. Um, thanks. Um, I'm trying, I'm, she came tonight, so I'm trying to butter her up so she can tell. Um, honey, I hope you keep coming back to REF. It's a great place for you to grow. Um, but everyone here tonight is here for a unique reason. You're all a unique individual um, some of you just, are, just came to app, you're new, and you maybe grew up in a Christian environment or religious environment, and you're looking for something like that. You're trying to figure out, am I going to keep doing this thing or not? Is this something that my parents did? Am I going to leave it behind? 
you're trying to find a place, you're trying to figure it out. Some of you are here because you're looking to start fresh, like it was a hard summer, and you're like, I need to get back into something that's not what I was doing. Um, or maybe it was a hard semester last semester, or a hard couple years, and you're looking to start fresh. That's, that's some of you. Some of you have no idea why you were here. Someone drug you here. It's hot. You thought you were going to have some space between you and somebody else, and you don't. Um, there, there are as many reasons for being here as there are people in the room, but most of you are wondering if this is something that you want to come back to, if this is something that you're going to do again, something you're going to be involved in. And really, I want to say, please do, and here's why. Not because we're so great or this is such a great community. There's tons of great uh, communities on campus, great places to get involved. The reason why I think you should come back to this thing is because God has something to say to each of you. The God of the Bible, who we're going to speak about tonight, who we prayed to earlier, is one who loves to speak so that people can hear him and know him and understand him and have a relationship with him. And this semester, we're going to look at Jesus' conversations with different people. And what was it like to be spoken to and listened to by the Lord Jesus? But tonight, we're going to start in, in Mark chapter 1. And a couple of passages where Jesus actually isn't speaking, but his father, God the Father, is speaking to him. So we're going to dive in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, then we're going to jump to Mark 9. Listen, this is the word of the living God. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And after six days, this is in chapter nine. This is a couple, maybe even a couple years later. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses. And they were talking with Jesus And Peter said to Jesus, because he has no idea what to do, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, and neither would you. For they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. Uh, I believe this is God's word. I'm going to take the time to ask God to bless it now that we've heard it. And then we'll dive in and talk about it for just a minute. Father, we thank you. Um, We long to hear a good word. We long to hear a beautiful word like you are forgiven. We long to hear a beautiful word like I love you. I like being with you. Would you come do this thing with me? Um, Lord, because we've, we've been wounded by words and we know their power. And Lord, right now, just regardless of where we are, Lord, I just stop and want to give you thanks that you speak. You had no reason to have to want to speak to us and to make yourself known to us. But even here in this room, you're doing that. And so, Lord, we thank you. And I I thank you for every woman and man in this room. I thank you for their willingness to be here on a Wednesday night in the first week of class. And I ask that you would speak directly to them that they would see Jesus and be drawn to him and find him to be beautiful. I pray in his name. Amen. So you've gone through two days of syllabus days so far. (laughs) Syllabus day is either the best day or the worst day of class, depending on how you look at it, because you probably don't have to be there for like 20 minutes, but you're like, I'm paid for this class. Um, 
What's the beautiful thing about syllabus day is that, is that the professor is telling you, this is what you can expect in my class. This is how you can expect to work. This is what you can expect to receive. And really what I want to do in this passage is just to tell you, what can you expect at RUF? Or what can you expect if you get involved in a local church? What can you expect if you get involved with another wonderful ministry like there are here at Appalachian? And from this passage, what we know is that God is inviting you to hear his voice. God is inviting you to listen to Jesus. And God speaks twice in these passages, and he says almost the same thing both times. The first time he talks directly to Jesus, right, and he says, a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. That passage is the first time that Jesus comes onto the stage in Mark's gospel. And God says, you're my beloved son, with you I'm well pleased. Now this isn't just some person. This is God declaring to Jesus in the full hearing of everyone else that this person is God's own son. This is God himself come down to earth to become one of us. Now you may be used to hearing that because you grew up in a broadly Christian environment, but it's hard to imagine if you weren't expecting that to happen, that God would just show up and just be a dude, right? Walking around. Um, This is a person with a real body. And when he comes onto the stage, the first thing that he does is he goes and he gets baptized by this guy, John. And here's why that's important for you. The baptism down in this river that John was doing was for the forgiveness of sins. You went and did that and you got washed in that water if you recognized that you were a sinner, that you were a failure morally, that you had done something legitimately wrong to separate you from God, that you were an unclean, dirty person, not a morally respectable, upright person of renown in the community, but one of those people. And you certainly aren't God, right? If you're down in this water saying, I'm dirty, I need to be baptized. But here is Jesus, the one who has stepped out of heaven, the one who has put on a human body, and he's making himself like us. He's saying, I want to be where you are and be like you and to associate Some of y'all are here trying to make friends for the first time in college. It's terrifying because all your friends you had before, you didn't realize, but you were working on those friendships for like 10 years, right? And you're like, oh, man. It takes 40 uh, hours of uh, being together to go from an acquaintance to a casual friend, statistically, right? It takes another 50 hours to be an actual friend, right? It's a long time. For God to say, I not only want to know you, I want to associate myself with you, is a big deal. Now, when I was in college, it used to be very challenging to get in touch with people. Okay, In my dorm, I had an answering machine connected to a landline, right? Because cell phones weren't really like a thing. You could call me and leave me a message in my dorm, Hendrix Hall, room 213, right? Uh, and someone would connect you and you, could, and you could leave it. I also, around the same time, had a pager, okay? And I felt super connected because you could page me and I would call you back eventually. But of course, in those days, the olden days, um, if you really wanted to get in touch with someone, you had to physically go to where that person was, right? You had to go find them at work or in class, not in the gym, that was not where I, you know, I would have been somewhere else, but actually go to that person if you want to connect with them, you have to physically find them. Well, God came to us, is what we're seeing in this passage. 
God came to be with us because he wanted to be connected to you. He wanted you to hear him and to know him. So here's, here's good news. If you're here and you're one of those people before mentioned that's looking for a fresh start. And you're like, you know what? I can't keep on doing what I was doing. Or something's got to change. Or my, I just really am not connected with my friends. I got to come somewhere after a hard year or a hard summer. There's good news for you. And that's that the God who made you loves to associate himself with people who have failed. Who need a fresh start. He wants to be with you. Because this is what you've got to catch about God. And if you leave here knowing anything, know this. God is much more comfortable with earthiness and like people than we are. Okay, Hell is other people, to quote the philosopher Sartre, right? Um, God is comfortable with dirt. He's comfortable with water. He's comfortable with your body. He's comfortable with the way that your body looks, the way your body feels, the way your body functions. He is perfectly comfortable with real, tangible, earthy things like bodies. And you can believe that because he left the preternatural world and stepped into the natural world and said, I want one of those. I will take one of those so I can be with some of those. A lot of people are uncomfortable with the Bible. Basically, what I'm saying is you should come back here because we're going to talk about the Bible and God's going to speak to you. And you're like, I don't know. The Bible's kind of a little too uh, earthy, right? Why would God choose to use, uh, you know, dozens of different authors over time? I'm kind of embarrassed about that or I'm kind of skeptical about that. It's about all these random specific people that lived a long time ago that I don't understand. And their weird sex lives. Right. If you if you read the Old Testament, it's like kind of, you know, it's like we got to read this in church. And I'm like, are there children in the room? You know, Um, (laughs) they're messed up families and all that. Right. And then God handed that word down through scribes who sometimes like copied the wrong word and we got to go back and figure out, you know, like we're like, that can't be right. That can't be God speaking because it's too human. Feels, I'm embarrassed by that. I don't know. I, that doesn't feel spiritual to me. And God's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I really like earthy things. Like I'm, God's like, I'm more than comfortable handing down my word through people because he loves to use people especially people that everyone else says, I don't know about them. They just don't really get it. If you're here tonight and you're feeling somehow less spiritual, or you're here tonight and you're skeptical about the Bible, or you're embarrassed about the Bible because you're like, it's just so human. God's like, yeah. And that's what he loves. So that's an invitation for you to come back in that. God is more than happy doing his work in a very earthy way and sending his word through people. And the question is, are you comfortable with that? If not, why? So that's the word that God spoke to Jesus. The second word is this. A year or two later, Jesus is with his three best friends. So he spent a lot of time with. He's put in those hours, right? Peter, James, and John. Uh, his fam, as it were. And uh, he's up on a mountain with them. Before he was showing how humble he is to allow himself to be baptized. Now he's allowing his friends to see how glorious he is. His, glo- his clothes become dazzling white. Everyone's freaking out. They're like, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll build a tent. I don't really know what to say. I don't know where to put my hands, you know. Some old dead guys who have been dead for a long time show up. And that's like, well, I don't even know what to make about that, right? And God speaks again. But this time he doesn't, before he spoke to Jesus, everything about Jesus that's beautiful, 
is because how much rest and identity he had knowing that he was God's son. That God said to him, you are my beloved son, I'm well pleased. And Jesus said, yes, thank you, that is enough for me to go out and do whatever you ask. But this time, God isn't speaking to Jesus. He's talking to those around Jesus. People who are listening to Jesus, following Jesus, curious about Jesus. Maybe even people like us in the room. And he's speaking to them. He says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. I am a verbal processor. That's what is also called being annoying. Okay? And um, I'm married to someone who is not a verbal processor. I talk for a living. Also, thank you to the graduate school for this water bottle. <laughs> I'm married to someone who's not a verbal processor, and in fact, whose life motto is, say something once, why say it again? Yeah. Um, and here's what that means. Uh, number one, she knows a lot more about me than I know about her, because first off. Um, secondly, it means this. If I want to connect with her as another person, I have to be constantly listening. I have to practice listening. Um, I have to admit and own up to the fact when I'm not listening well because I'm missing something in my connection with her. But let me tell you something. It is so worth it. Number one, because she has a great voice. It sounds cool. Secondly, because I, it, the, the, the beauty of connecting with that person is worth trying to listen. Okay? And what God is calling you to through this passage is learn to listen. It's worth it. But it's not easy. I, if you know me, you know I'm uh, a very avowed uh, follower of Kendrick Lamar. And um, I'm a big fan. Kendrick, greatest uh, artist of our, of our generation. Um, not kidding. Totally serious. Um, but uh, one of Kendrick's uh, best songs is on To Pimp a Butterfly. It's called How Much a Dollar Cost. was also President Obama's favorite song of 2015. So I'm just going to put that out there, okay? Um, the President of the United States at the time was like, I'm into that, okay? Um, but it, he tells this story about being in South Africa, and he's putting gas in his car, and he's approached by a homeless person who's asking him for a dollar. And he, he, he blows him off. This, 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 uh, this, this gentleman is, is relentless to him, coming after him, trying to connect with him. And over time, as Kendrick gets more and more angry and pushes him off and kind of is defensive, eventually this man reveals to Kendrick that he is the Lord Jesus, okay, that's speaking to him, right? He says, know the truth that will set you free. You're looking at the Messiah, the Son of Jehovah, the higher power, the choir that spoke the word, and what I love about Kendrick, and Kendrick, who is a follower of Jesus, what I love about what he's showing there is that if you're not paying attention and open to what God has for you, Jesus is very easy to miss. Because the world, when it wants to be heard, will shout at you. It will drown out everything else until all you can hear is it. But Jesus will not do that. He will always whisper to you. If you have little kids, you know, yelling at kids is counterproductive. Whispering to kids, they will hear you, okay? They will draw near to you. Jesus is easy to underestimate. God is too humble of heart to shout at you. He speaks humbly to you so that you will listen. And he comes to speak to you in a way that you can understand, but he will not shout over the world. So if you're here and you're like, I'm trying to figure this thing out, there's going to be a lot of shouting that is going on. And what God's calling you to tonight is to listen. This is his beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus say words like you that are so quiet that you have to almost close your eyes to hear them when he says, come to me all who are weary. 
and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. If you ain't tired now, you're about to be. And he's saying, come to me. God is telling you to listen. And this is why. It is God's delight for you to hear his voice. Have you ever like sat and thought like while you were in Cascades eating a sub? Um, <laughs> uh, now there's a lot of shade on Cascades. I didn't, I shouldn't have said that. Um, uh, so you're eating rice and beans. And, um, and have you ever sat and thought, I wonder what God likes. I wonder what makes God happy. Like I was just ordering food. I had to figure out what was going to make me happy. What makes God happy? God loves for you to listen to him, to hear his voice, to connect with them. And nothing would make him more delighted because he loves you and he loves his son than for you to listen to his son and follow him. Have you ever seen that video of the kid that um, can't hear? He's like two and they give that hearing implant. Kalia's like, yep, yeah, you've seen it. Okay, all right. It's so cute. Yes, it is so cute. Okay. Um, and they give this kid a hearing uh, aid kind of implant thing. And the video is child hears its mother speak for the first time, right? And it's insane, by the way. Like, don't, yeah, it's a banger of a YouTube video. And um, <laughs> it's beautiful because the boy is like suddenly, like he's never experienced hearing before. So he's like amazed and he's so happy and he hears his mom's voice and he's so thrilled. The best face in the room is not the child. The best face in the room by far is the mother. Because her baby can hear her. And she can connect with him. And when you listen for God and you begin to actually connect with him, that is the exact same face that he has on toward you. That he delights for you to hear him. It's such a beautiful expression. And for some of you, God is going to turn on the sound. He's even doing it now. And what I want you to imagine is God's face when you start to hear him in his word and start to follow him. And look, you can do that in a community group in RUF, a Bible study or a small group in a local church or a campus ministry. Uh, In this meeting, you can read the Bible on your own or with friends. You can find a good local church and listen to God together. But here's why I want to tell you three things really quickly, why you should come back and listen. The first is this. It's real simple. If you don't come and listen, how will you know? That sounds simple, but if you want to know, just come listen, because you can't know otherwise. Secondly, are you not desperate for a word from the outside? A true word. Y'all are inundated constantly with other people's words, even when you're not with people. They surround you all the time. Maybe it's the voice of your parents. It's the constant just barrage of voice from social media, friends, words from the past, Words from your professors. Most of you don't realize it, but you are listening to yourself talk from the moment you wake up to when you go to sleep. And there ain't no turning it off, friends. You keep talking to yourself all the time. And don't you just want to hear something else? Wouldn't it be nice to hear a new voice that's maybe outside of this that can actually speak some perspective to your life? Hearing a good word from another place is exactly what listening to Jesus is like. Something that can give you perspective on your life. A voice from outside the craziness. Some of you called your mom on the first day of class. And it was real good. Because she lives in a different place. And that's a place that you know. And it's a place where you're not crying on your way to find your like, you know, first 9 a.m. class, right? <laughs> Wasn't it good to hear a voice from home? Jesus is offering that to you. And lastly, this, and this is the good news you're going to hear. When you humble yourself before Jesus and ask him to help you hear... You will begin slowly at first, but surely 
to hear God saying to you the same thing that he said to Jesus. You are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son. And with you, I am well pleased. I'm not disappointed with you. My, my son came. He, he became the thing that was awful and yucky about you to take it away from you. And when you humble yourself and come to him and say, yes, Lord, he looks at you and says, I'm delighted in you. I couldn't, you're my beloved son. I long, I long to be with you. Wouldn't that be wonderful to hear? I know it, right now it might sound too good to be true, but just imagine it for a second. God is inviting you to listen to Jesus. Will you stop and listen? I hope you will. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you again for the friends in this room, new friends, old friends. And I thank you for something like RUF where we can, we can gather and we can connect. And more than that, Father, thank you that you're speaking. Lord Jesus, you're the one that's called the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And eventually you tell us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Thank you that you long to be heard, that you speak in a way that we can understand. Lord, would you teach us to listen, either for the first time or in a new way? We ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen.